the Financial Sense Lifetime Planning Program. Now, here's the Financial Sense News Team. Hi, everybody. On today's episode of Lifetime Planning, it is uh, myself, Aaron Wiegman, and Crystal Colbert here to talk to you a little bit about you know, what's coming up in the world, in the economy and politics, I guess our, our view on things. Well, no, not necessarily our view on things because there's only so much we can actually control and what we can't control. And uh, when we wind up having this, you know, uncertain world, it's important for us as we create financial plans for our clients that we try to create as much certainty as possible because we don't really have a whole lot of control over certain things as we wind up looking at investments and earnings and health and politics and taxes and savings. And so these are some of those topics that we're going to talk about today as far as what we can and what we can't control and certain things that we can wind up incorporating into our financial plans to help us feel good about where we're sitting right now and where we're going in the future. So Crystal, thanks for joining me here today. Of course. Yeah, I think this is a very timely topic. And I think if we can focus on what we can control, it's going to overall improve our financial picture and wellness. I think one of the first things that we should focus on is investments and what we can and control. So Aaron, what are some things that we can control versus what we can't control? Yeah. So I I think as you wind up looking at uh, in January is that time when you wind up looking at all the pundits and the technicians and everybody trying to put their crystal ball out there as far as what's going to happen in 2024. And the reality is we really don't know all that much about what's going to happen in 2024. So we can just look back on history and see what has happened in, in years such as this. But, you know, things are always a little bit different. So when we wind up looking at investments and just trying to make sure that, uh, you know, we can control what we can, what's the proper asset allocation for you right now? Based on today, what goals it is that you have, um, what kind of a time horizon you have, you know, just making sure, is it going to be more growth oriented? Do we need you know, that portfolio to be more growth oriented or when do you wind up needing it? And we need to be a little bit more conservative on that kind of stuff. You know, do we need to be more tax efficient with it? So we need to put more municipal bonds and, you know, trade a little bit less on that kind of thing. So those are some of the the control factors that we can wind up putting in there. But a lot of that is, is when you wind up looking at investments and the the return that people wind up getting long-term on their investments, most investors wind up underperforming the markets. And why is that? Because they're not properly diversified. Well, I mean, whether or not they're diversified, a lot of it comes down to behavior, Mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, that gap that you have is really based on behavior and how you wind up reacting to market swings. So it's that, you know, oh no, you know, things have, uh, things have pulled back in the market and then you wind up seeing people sell or get more conservative at that point in time. When, you know, the reality is, is that maybe they shouldn't have been in that much of a, you know, risky portfolio anyways, because they can't handle the fluctuations. Yeah. And I think it's very important. One of the things that you can control is by taking a risk tolerance survey, you know, and asking your advisor, hey, can we go over our risk tolerance and can you provide me a survey? And then we can kind of go over it. And when you're taking that survey, you should really focus on the long-term aspect of your feelings towards the market and what you can actually withstand in terms of, you know, a portfolio dropping if the market is bad. Because some people will take a survey, and you've seen it time and time again, where if the market, we've been in a bull market, there are a lot more risk. They want to take more risk. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then if, you know, we've been in a bear market, 
they want to be far more conservative. So you really want to focus on your long-term picture versus, you know, what's happening in the here and now. Yeah. Behaviorally, I mean, those are that, you know, you want to buy low and sell high. And, you know, as behaviorally speaking, that's where people wind up buying high and selling low <laughs> when you wind up thinking about that behavior. So it's the opposite effect of that. And so, you know, you think through the the no control part. So that's the control, like how we wind up identifying what the proper asset allocation is and just kind of getting coached through, you know, how my behavior is going to affect my long-term performance. The no control is, you know, do we really have a whole lot of control on what's going to happen in the market? Not a whole lot. And when we wind up looking at individual company decisions, you know, whether or not they are doing the right things to grow if you're if you're being a stock picker. So as you wind up stock picking, you know, some things are going to work, some things aren't, right? And, uh, you know, where do interest rates wind up going? Uh, are they going up? Or are they going down? Um, geopolitics, you know, what's that next black swan event that's going to be happening? I have no idea, right? But, you know, it's, it's tough for us to go ahead and invest thinking that one of those negative events is going to occur because, if you are going to invest thinking that those negative events are exactly going to occur, you might lose out on a lot of positive investment performance in the meantime. And, you know, just it kind of goes back to what your proper asset allocation should be in the long run. What are some other things that we can control when it comes to saving, especially for our investments, but just in general, what can we control when it comes to savings? Well, you want to thinking about savings. I mean, you know, here's the stuff that you have control over. How much am I saving? Right. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you want to, and this kind of couples into the spending and the earnings and stuff too, but like savings specifically, you know, how much am I saving? You know, where do I wind up putting those savings? You know, these days you do have a little bit of a choice as opposed to a couple of years ago where no savings was getting any sort of interest rate. So, you know, a lot of times on that, you know, the savings side, you know, you can still get a, a reasonable return in a high yield savings account. You know, maybe you're getting over 4% in that kind of a thing. So as opposed to keeping a bunch of savings sitting on the sidelines and not earning anything in your checking account, just look at that logically. Like where can you control that? You're going to feel a lot better if you wind up putting that into a high yield savings account. Um, on the no control side of things, yeah, you, you don't really have a lot of control over where interest rates go. You know, mm -hmm. the the yields on things, you know, what the Fed is going to be doing as far as like raising rates, lowering rates, you know, are they going to be higher for longer at this point in time? But, you know, with it's it's an it's a nice thing for right now as you wind up looking at savings. Um, it's like, A, you have to look at what whatever your budget is. Right. But then B, it kind of couples into that spending that kind of comes next. Yeah. So what can we control when it comes to spending and what should we look out for? Well, I mean. You know, uh, I think a lot of that comes back to just having an idea of what it is that you're spending. I mean, you know, Crystal, you tell me, I mean, when it comes down to budgeting, is that about the hardest thing, you know, to get back from a client when it comes to the financial plan? Yeah, it's the hardest. And especially when you do, you know, have them fill out a budget, a lot of the times people will have this goal of, you know, oh, I only want to spend for discretionary spending. I only want to spend 500 or a thousand a month, right? But that's like a goal. A lot of the times when you take the actual spending, when you look at their credit card statements and their bank account statements, it's far more or it's very different, you know? So it is something that you really do have to take a deep dive into what you're spending your money on and really truly either for savings, pay yourself first and then spend what you can or just know what you're spending on. And that, that's a good point. I mean, you, when you wind up looking at savings and spending, you know, uh, along with it is like, A, just understand how much it is that you're spending, right? And really do that deep dive on saying, 
well, I, I spent this because like this happened this last month, right? So that kind of goes into that no control, maybe some of those like emergency expenses, right? So those emergency expenses, but like those are going to come along with for the ride. But it's that control side where you're saying, what, what am I spending daily? What am I spending weekly, monthly? Getting a good idea of that. Well, my vacations, right? Um, am I spending a lot on vacations? Am I spending little on vacations? You know, just kind of understanding what, what goes on there. And then just understanding too, not so much the spending, but just having an idea for, you know, the catastrophic events that could happen. So A, making sure that you do have the savings account, the emergency savings account that kind of goes back into the last topic, but also having the insurance for those catastrophic events and being properly insured on that. Otherwise, that's going to come out of all of your assets and investments, right? So the control, I mean, look at the daily expenses, vacations, insurance, things like that. Do that review, that spending review. Um, I don't know about you, but I get on my credit card where I wind up spending the majority of my living expenses. I get a review on that every year and it tells me which categories I actually spent a lot of money. So that might be a helpful thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The spending report. <laughs> right. And it's that, that that no control. It's that, okay, what's happening? What are those emergency expenses that wind up co- coming up? Um, inflation. I don't have any control over inflation. And as I wind up earning more money, am I, do I have what they call lifestyle creep? Mm-hmm, exactly. It's the biggest thing that really comes up on you because you think, oh, well, I'm making more money. I can buy this watch or go on this fancier vacation or, you know, get the better hotel room. But it is, it is a real thing that people we now understand where, where Crystal's lifestyle creep comes in. I'm telling you, it's probably the vacation. <laughs> Vacations <laughs> and fancier hotels. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's true. I mean, if you really think about it, a lot of the times, even with a vacation, you're paying things over time. And sometimes it doesn't all hit at once, right? You buy your plane tickets earlier, you then you pay for your hotel room at the end of the vacation and all your expenses. And then when you go to add it up, it can be a lot more than you thought it was going to be. Right. Oops, I just spent a lot more than I thought I did on vacation. Yeah, exactly. So lifestyle creep, that's a real thing. Um, And I think that leads perfectly into earnings you know, what you can and can control when it comes to your earnings. Yeah. So, I mean, the the thought about earnings and savings and doing all that, it kind of plays like hand in hand. So it's, it's the, this idea that your human capital or your ability to earn money, you know, as you have your, your career, you have a, you know, on the early part of your career, you have a much longer time period to go ahead and earn money, right? But as you wind up getting older and older, there's less and less time to be earning money. And so you kind of have to replace that human capital with building up some sort of financial capital to help you out in retirement, right? And so when you think about the control side of things, you know, what can you control as far as how you wind up earning money? You know, maybe it's your job selection. You know, maybe, you know, once you're in that type of a career and you've chosen that career, maybe it's extra skill development or maybe it's, you know, for you, uh, maybe it's not so much in that career, but maybe it's that side career, you know, it's that side hustle that you wind up having. Um, but there too, even if you are in a career where you do have the ability to make more money, um, maybe it's just a matter of salary negotiation, you know? Mm -hmm. So think of those things that you have control over in order to make more money, because I think, um, a part of when we were talking about the savings and spending and and salary creep, like as you wind up making more money, you know, the studies show that yes, people who wind up making more money can 
um, in, logically speaking, you can save more money as you wind up making more money. So if you're used to making your, if your lifestyle is used to X and X goes up by 20%, just don't your lifestyle creep, right? If you can avoid that lifestyle creep, then you wind up having that extra money to be able to put towards savings, right? Mm-hmm. I think that might be more logical than saying, you know, if you're struggling to to pay bills right now, it's just not logical for you to just say, I'm going to save 20% here. Yeah, exactly. You have to know, you know, if you can save and want to say your 401k or, you know, just as much as you possibly can, that's great. But if there's, if you're put in a situation, maybe you lost your job, right? Which comes into the no control, making sure that, you know, you at least have your emergency savings and that sort of thing. It's something you can control. Exactly. So it's that, uh, you know, the no control part, you know, control, yes, the job selection, skill development, you know, your side hustles, negotiating your salary. But on the no control, it's the, what does the job market look like right now? Where's the economy? Is my uh, my industry, are there layoffs? Is it going to be that much tougher? So how do I wind up, you know, rebuilding my skills to be able to do something else if I need to to pivot, right? So there's the control versus no control side of things. And I guess when you wind up looking at it, the fifth point, Crystal, is health. What are your thoughts on health and what you can control and what you can't control there? Yeah, very important because there are things that you can obviously do better to improve your health, right? Like you can eat better, you can sleep more, exercise, drink water, right? Like those are all things that you can control. But the one thing that you really can't control is your genetics. I I mean, like in my family, there's history of heart disease and cancer and things of that sort. I mean, so like, you know, genetically speaking, those are things that, uh, you know, I've I'm born with, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, there's only, but I can influence that by the eating and sleeping and, and exercising. It's affecting my health in general, right? And there is something too when you wind up looking at um, health and wealth, right? And being able to have longevity as someone does wind up making more money and you do have a higher net worth, there's actually a positive correlation with how long those people live, right? Mm -hmm. So the more more wealthy you are and the more money you wind up making, there is that positive correlation in how long you live, like just longevity speaking. And I I guess it is good to know too, you know, what your genetics are, because there are certain things that you could help to improve your situation. Like my family has a history of diabetes, but if I eat healthy and I, you know, exercise, I might improve my chances of not getting that. So it is something that you can at least, you know, know what's going on to try to help improve that situation. Another huge topic, uh, politics that we try not to talk too much about, but what you can and can control when it comes to politics. Certainly. I mean, like when you, I don't know, when you look at pol- politics, we are entering another election year, right? Mm-hmm. Which you know, if there is more volatility coming into an election year, um, that may be the case as you wind up looking at that just historically, that that may be the situation. Um, You know, historically speaking, you know, how does that, how does that affect me? Right? You know, well, control side, like, what can I actually control when it comes to to politics is, you know, educating myself, I guess, as far as like who the candidates are and what their policies and agendas are, right? And then who I wind up voting for. But beyond that, you know, it's that no control of, I can't, I mean, I can't do much about like who the candidates are, you know, who their policy policies, you know, what their policies are, or, you know, geopolitical events that wind up happening around the world, right? Uh, you know, I, I don't have much control over that kind of stuff. And I think uh, a lot of times we wind up getting the uh, the questions of 
okay, if this pol- if this politician gets into um, office or if this uh, party winds up getting into office, how's that going to affect my uh, investments, right? And that's huge. We get that so much when it comes to investors and how they want to invest. And if a certain person gets into office, then they don't want to be invested. But that could really actually hurt you in the long run. So you really want to be Again, long term, focus on long term investments rather than long-term. just long term. Yeah. So don't don't necessarily let your politics and like affect your investments, right? So yeah, I was just kind of curious about this. So um brief little search here. Uh the SP five hundred during the last four presidents' tenures, you know, like the first three years into them, right? So first three years into um Obama's presidency, uh the stock the S P five hundred was up forty eight point six percent. Mm-hmm. Um, S and P 500 during the first three years of Trump's presidency was up 42.3 percent, and then uh, you know you look back on Biden's first three years, you're looking at 25.9 percent, and then George W. Bush was negative 17.3. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you can just so it's not it's not one of those like you know one one. Uh, one uh, party over the other kind of a thing. And, you know, a lot of that just winds up having to do more with, you know, what the underlying economy is doing at that point in time. And, uh, you know, that that's, I think, is the the bigger driving force as far as what you wind up seeing with uh, with the, the market returns there. So the last one, what do you think about taxes? What can I control? What can't I control with taxes? Everyone's favorite topic, taxes, and we're heading right into that time. So a couple of things you can control are, you know, your distributions that you're taking. Where are you taking those distributions from? A taxable account, a retirement account, a Roth account? You know, you can kind of control your tax situation based off of where you're taking your distributions. Asset allocation, like we talked about in investments, tax diversification, like where you're actually saving your money, you know, especially if in your, you're in your working careers, are you saving it into a Roth 401k where you, you're paying taxes in the here and now or a pre-tax for traditional 401k, you know, you're taking that tax deduction. That's going to be a huge factor. What else are some of those things that you can control? You know, I guess you look at just um, investing tax efficiently. So are you doing the proper tax loss harvesting? You know, are you seeking out some of those so that you can, you know, because between asset location and tax loss harvesting, you know, I've seen numbers that say that, you know, you can increase your returns on an annual basis if you're doing that like tax efficient type of uh, investing, you know, 60 to 100 basis points just by being that much more tax efficient, I guess. Um, you know, not to mention, you know, gifting. Do I have any sort of gifting strategy in place? Am I giving money to charity and am I giving money to my kids? Um, so those are different things that you can wind up controlling over time. Um, you know, a part of that comes into what do I see as far as where uh, tax rates are going to go in the future? And there takes some a little bit of crystal ball when it comes to that kind of thing. But, you know, you kind of have to figure, you know, do I think in the long run, are taxes going up? Are they going down or are they going to stay the same? Right. You know, that's kind of the same thing when you wind up looking at a stock market. Do I think in general, is it going to go up? Is it going to go down or is it going to stay the same? And um, I guess when you wind up looking at the no control side of uh, taxes, changes to the tax law, where is that going to go up, down or stay the same? And, um, you know, the policies and the agendas that wind up getting placed on us as advisors, those are always changing, right? I mean, we had in the last couple of years, we had Secure Act uh, 1.0, then we wound up getting 2.0. 
you know, who knows? I'm surprised we didn't get 3.0, but you know, it, it, things are constantly changing and keeping us on our toes. And it's, it's one of those things that like, as we, as things, as things change, we wind up adjusting. So, you know, coming up here uh, to in 2026, well, 2025 at sunset, so 26, it, it happens, but you know, all of the previous tax rules that were put in place by Trump, those wind up sunsetting at that point in time. So um, the tax laws that you have right now, unless they wind up getting changed between now and then, like it's going to change automatically. So Crystal, I mean, you know, as you wind up looking through this, whether it be investments, savings, how you wind up spending, you know, how much money you wind up making, how good you are to yourself and and your body, as far as your health is concerned, um, you know, politics can't control much about that, right? Uh, Taxes. There's a lot of stuff here, right? And I think, you know, as you wind up looking at financial planning, this is where, you know, we can really help with how I wind up navigating all these different topics, right? And putting it in place for you as the the client. Um, and, and if you're working with a, a financial planner, like this is where they can come in and really help you out. Put a little bit more of that certainty in that uncertain world that you're experiencing right now and make you feel a lot better about your personal situation. So Crystal, how does one get a hold of you? Yeah, so they can reach out to me by calling me directly at 858 858- Four eight seven three nine three nine, or you can email me crystal.colbert at financialsense.com. And Aaron, if they wanted to reach out to you, how could they get a hold of you? Sure. That's the same phone number. It's 858-487-3939. And then my email address is aaron.wiegman, W-I-E-G-M-A-N at financialsense.com. And if you do like this podcast and you think someone might might find it useful, go ahead and share it with them and we'd appreciate it. And until next time, we'll see you then. The Financial Sense News Hour is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be considered as a solicitation or offer to purchase or sell any securities. The investments, investment strategies, and investment philosophies discussed or presented on the News Hour each involve their own unique risk factors, which are not discussed on the show. Responses to listener inquiries are based on the personal opinions of the Financial Sense staff and do not take into account listener suitability, objectives, or risk tolerance. Financial Sense News Hour and its parent company shall not be liable for any financial losses that result from investing in any companies mentioned in financial sense or arising out of the use of any material on the news hour. Please be advised that you invest at your own risk.